Hey there, mommy. So you started a business and you're wondering how moms everywhere are making it look so effortless. Maybe you haven't taken the entrepreneurial plunge yet because you're still trying to figure out what the heck is step one and where is the time to even execute it. I get it, you're busy. Being a mom is a full-time job and some, but I'm here to encourage you that being a mom and being a boss can exist in the same space. You are listening to the Busy Mompreneur Podcast, where we are using systems to make life a little bit sweeter. Hey mamas, welcome back to the Busy Mompreneur. I am so glad that you are joining me again. We are on episode two and today I want to share my story on how I got started as an entrepreneur, as a business owner and where that all came from. So as I told you in the previous episode, I have a blended family of six children. The youngest three children live in the home with me and then the oldest three children, they live with mom. So I'm a bonus mom as I like to call myself and they are my bonus kids. However, when it came time to venture off into the entrepreneurial space, first off, let me say, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I, from a very young age, and let me tell you how the enemy works, by planting seeds, he only has the power of suggestion. So from a young age, I would always literally say, I don't want to own a business. That's too hard. I just want to go to work, collect my check, and go home and not have to think about anything else because I knew as business owners, you had to do more than just clock in and out. And in my mind, that was just too much to handle. Growing up, I didn't see a lot of entrepreneurs outside of the church circle. Like, I didn't look at church as a business, but it is. I had an uncle who had a plumbing business. That was the only entrepreneurship that I saw growing up as a kid. So I saw how hard he worked. (laughs) Not that he was a bad example, but he was a single guy and he worked around the clock. And it was like the benefit of that for me, I guess the positive with that was that he was able to afford the things that he wanted to afford. And um, growing up, my family, we didn't have a luxury lifestyle by any means, but that was one of the perks that I always saw in my uncle was like, you know, he's well-to-do in comparison to the standard that I had of living. So coming back, I started my entrepreneurial journey because of my babies. My husband and I, we are going on seven years of marriage and we had three children in, I think it was three years, (laughs) y'all. I think so. They were all back to back to back, five, four, and two are their ages now. So it was pretty quick. When I had baby number three, it was almost like the perfect thing that had happened on my last nine to five where I didn't quit but I wasn't fired either. It's really strange. Like we were kind of given the option to reapply for jobs that we already had. So I just made the decision not to reapply. And my husband supported me a thousand and ten percent and I was able to walk away and he supported our household as I took care of our children at home. It just didn't make sense on paper for me to go to a nine to five, spend the majority of my day away from the kids, live on one paycheck from the work that I was doing at whatever company I would be at. It just didn't settle well with me. I was just like, it has to be more, it has to be a better way. So I stayed I stayed home. I didn't figure out this 
whole online space until a couple months after she was born because I had gotten to a place of, yes, I can teach my children because at the time none of them were in school. So now my five-year-old is in school and then the four-year-old, she does preschool. All online because of the lovely pandemic. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> so um, I figured out the online space existed just a few months after my youngest daughter was born. Oh, by the way, I have three girls. So I got online and I'm like, it's just gotta be a better way. I have to figure out how to make money at home. So I came across a freelancing platform where I was able to like create a profile and you know kind of just list my skills or put my resume, if you will, online. And people started paying me for services. Now, the one mistake that I made going in was I undervalued myself. So I want to say I put in like for $10 an hour or something like that. But already I was going in with all these administrative skills. So the physical brick and mortar space for admin and the virtual space for admin, although they have their similarities, they're different. The online space, you have a higher requirement to know technology and various platforms of technology. So whereas in the brick and mortar space, you may only have like your scheduling platform, you may be making some edits on a website or answering the phone, filing documents physically, that's fine. But in the online space, you're filing stuff digitally in like Google Drive or Dropbox or ShareFile, I think. So there are all these different types of digital file storage platforms. There are all types of CRMs. There are all types of appointment schedulers. So you have to load different types of technology in order to serve clients because everyone uses a different set of apps, of platforms. Your platform suite is different from client to client. So that was something that I had to learn early on. So I went into freelancing, not realizing that I have more to offer than what I had given myself credit for. So that would be my first thing, is that you don't have to sell yourself short in order to get a client. They're going to find you, you just have to make yourself available, even if you do start off on a freelancing platform. You know, if you are making 15, 18, 25 on your, you know, nine to five, you can do the same thing in the online space, and dare I say it, but I know it's true, and even more, the sky's the limit when you're online because there are a million and one customers out there and you don't have to hunt them down. You don't have to offer cheap labor in order to find a client. So I started on the freelancing platform and then I went to a podcast. I sure did. I went to a podcast and I was in search of how to become a better virtual assistant. I stumbled on my coach, Tasha Booth, and I enrolled in her program to learn how to build my own virtual assistant business. Now, first of all, guys, as a administrator, executive assistant, office manager, that was actually my last position as an office manager, but I, as the support or always being the support, I never realized that virtual assistants even had businesses of their own. I had the mindset that you're the support. We're the support. You know, we're the ones that are always given the instruction on what to do. You know, we're taking the directives. You know, our opinion matters. And depending on the boss that you have, you know, you can offer suggestions of change and all of that good stuff. But as the administrative support, it's rare that you're like the boss. So 
coming across Tasha's platform and learning that you can have your own business and, you know, create your own hours and, you know, set your own rates and all of that good stuff. It was mind blowing for me. Again, I'm going to almost three years into the virtual space. I've gotten more accustomed to it. I'm no longer a newbie by any means, but that was mind blowing for me. So just to recap, started off where we had our children. I couldn't go back to work. I just couldn't go back to work um, to give my paycheck away and be away from my kids at the same time. Got onto a podcast, found out how to be a better virtual assistant, came across my even current coach, Tasha B signed up for her program and I started a business. And since then, it has been a ride. It has been a great ride. It has its ups and downs, just like any business or any entrepreneur will tell you, um, but it has been the best thing I have ever done for myself. I was in a place after the baby was born, you know, thinking that it has to be more than me just changing diapers and being in a bottle. And all those things are great. And even those those moments of motherhood, you know, you cherish them and you can never get them back. But I knew I had more to offer than, I don't even want to say than just being a homemaker because I have my season of being a homemaker and it's work. There's never not work to do. <laughs> There's never not anything to clean, especially having that age range of children. There's always something to be done. So then you add running a business on top of that and, and you have your hands full for sure. So the first tip again, don't undervalue yourself. What else I wanted to tell you is it takes money to make money. And what I mean by that is you have to invest in yourself. So if you're going to invest and take a course to show you how to do something, make sure you do it. Don't be scared. It's going to be scary though. But what I'm saying is move even in those feelings of being scared. Because what the person or the coach, the instructor is going to be teaching you is something that they probably learned over the past five years, but you get to learn it in 30 days. So five years or 30 days, that's a no brainer when you can pay a couple hundred dollars, maybe even four figures or more for whatever the program is to invest in yourself and learn and then excel in your business. So coaching is important. I cannot stress enough, get a coach, get a coach, get a coach. Because treading unknown waters, you're going to veer off into spaces that you don't have to, all because you don't know. So a coach helps you with those guidance. And YouTube University is cool, it's free. I know, I get it. You know, you can start off there, but it's not your end all be all as far as educating yourself on the things that you need to know, especially as a virtual assistant. Um, tip number three, no is a complete sentence. Hear me when I tell you, no is a complete sentence. I know it's cliche, I know, I know it's cliche, but what I'm saying with that is know your capacity. I made this mistake and I wasn't aware of what my capacity was because I was so excited, guys, that somebody had found me and somebody wanted to pay me. Yes, I had jobs in the past, but it was different when it was my own business. So when I would get clients or inquiries or, you know, even those contracts or, you know, invoice to get paid, it would be so exciting and thrilling in the moment because it was like, ooh, they trust me enough to help with their business, their business baby, as I like to call them. But I had gotten to a point where I was saying yes, 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 yes to everybody. And I wasn't taking into account myself. How much time do I need every week, every month 
to pour into my own business? How much time do I need to dedicate so that I have time to spend with my children and comb and wash their hair or go on a date night with my husband? I wasn't carving out those times, so I would literally work from the time I opened my eyes to the time that I laid down on my pillow. And it wasn't healthy, it wasn't conducive. I was always stressed because I knew I was forgetting something somewhere and I did. And clients would call me out on that because that's not what they paid for. They paid to get a service and a promise to deliver on a certain date with a certain level of quality. And when you're at capacity, for me, I found myself rushing to complete tasks, which meant I had a higher chance of making a mistake. In the world, in the virtual space, as a virtual support or administrator, those little things can lead to bigger outcomes. The little mistake can lead to a, a big result. So my example, and it's a true story, I had a client and she had a um, an online show that she ran on Facebook. Time zones, to this day, I hate them. I can't stand them. It's not that difficult, I know, but in my brain, it just, it doesn't compute. And I sit there and calculate and check and recheck and recheck, and I'm like, okay, I'm PST, EST is three hours ahead, MST is one hour ahead, and then Central Time is two hours ahead of me as a PST. Now, I know that, but in the moment of booking stuff or scheduling stuff, it's just like, it's so overwhelming for me and then add on top of it rushing because I'm trying to get from one task to another because I didn't realize what my capacity was mistakes were made so a seven o'clock a.m. or seven o'clock p.m. scheduled post or video went out at 7 a.m. and client was not happy as she very well should have been and leading up to that other things were slipping through the cracks because again I was at capacity I couldn't remember what needed to be done where and I was running out of time because I didn't have enough time there's only 24 hours in a day but I had taken on so many clients where I literally would have to work around the clock because I didn't realize what my capacity was. I didn't know that I needed to hire help that could take on some of the workload with me. So I made mistakes and I lost clients and almost ruined my name. So what I'm telling you is don't do that because as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, your name literally is all that you have. And if you don't protect that by doing what you say that you're going to do, when you're gonna do it and how you're going to do it, you're not going to sustain your business for as long as you would like. So know your capacity, implement a wait list. I'm sorry, but I can't take clients this month. I need to put you down for next month. You know, I know a great virtual assistant or I know a great social media manager. Here's her name, I vouch for her. Those are statements that I had to implement into my conversation and do it without being guilty or feeling guilty because I have reached capacity. I have learned that, you know, I can only take on so many hours I have my babysitter for only so many hours. So this is, you know, the amount of hours that I can offer as a client. So yeah, know that and, you know, have have help if you need to. So that way you can say yes or you can grow your capacity to say yes. But in the meantime, while you're trying to figure things out, know is a complete sentence and be comfortable with it. Okay, tip number four, make your business fun. That's the whole point that you got into business anyway. You should have flexibility. You should have freedom in your business because if you're not loving what you do as an entrepreneur, something that you've decided to build, go back to a nine to five. 
You can hate the nine to five and you'll have not even, I can't even say half because it's more than half. You'll have 75% less work to do. You can clock in, clock out and hate your job just the same. But if you're going to say that you're building it yourself and you want to sustain it, do things that you love. Don't offer services that you hate. Don't work hours that you don't want to work. Don't charge prices that don't feel good to you. Make your business fun. One of the things that I enjoy very early on when I have my epiphany after opening my business was I can go onto my schedule and I can mark off days that I'm not available. I don't have to put in a PTO slip. I don't have to get someone's permission or approval. I can just go in and say on Tuesday and Thursday, I'm off. And there are no gripes about it. Just notify your clients that, you know, you're out of the office that day or what have you, because communication is the number one key to having a successful virtual business, any business really, communication, over communicate. Make your business fun. That's the whole point. You're going to have it. Enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, you can fix it so that way you can. If you don't want to fix it, go back to a nine to five. It's just that simple. So make your business fun. Know that no is a complete sentence. It takes money to make money and just know your capacity. So that is my encouragement. That is my story of how I got started. And what I would like to give to you before we leave is your small homework assignment or your task. So again, capacity is super, super important in this journey. So I challenge you to take account of your time by doing a time audit. I'll have a link um, in the show notes to the free downloadable, which is your time audit form. So just every day for the next five to seven days, make an account of what you're doing with your time, you know, from eight to nine. You know, I get the kids ready for school from, you know, nine to 10 is, you know, when I take my first meeting or my first client, take an account of all the time that you're using during your set work hours. So that way you can see where you're utilizing your time wisely, where you're spending too much time doing things that you shouldn't do. So that way you can maybe hire an assistant or hire help. So one of the things that I have learned to stop guilting myself as a mom and as a business owner is hiring help and saying that I can't do it all or accepting that I can't do it all is what I meant to say. So I have someone who helps me meal prep because I won't slow down to take a lunch sometimes. I put it on my calendar now, or should I say I used to. So I have it on my calendar now that, you know, now is a lunch break. But because I have my meal already prepped for me, I don't have to take extra time to actually prepare the meal. But it's nutritious and I just can pop it in the microwave or, you know, heat it up in the oven or on the stove. And I have a well-balanced meal because it's already been prepared. Again, I have a babysitter who helps me to come and take care of my kids during the day. I have two in school and then I have a toddler. So the plus sign or the plus side for that is my babysitter has experience as a teacher, specifically elementary preschool. So it works perfectly for my family situation where she comes in for a few hours a day and helps me with their school because you can only imagine trying to log into a nine o'clock meeting, but my daughter has class at nine o'clock, but she can't figure it out or she can't type in her computer password right and juggling all those things in a moment. Like it, it's a lot, it's a lot. Or trying to find crayons when I need to write notes for this or, you know, the stop and go 
of your day kills your productivity. If you have to stop to make a bottle and stop to change a diaper or, you know, break up the fight between your teenagers, like the stop and go is a productivity killer. So I've hired a babysitter to help me so that way I can have uninterrupted work time. I have even had people come in and help me clean the house or just specifically do laundry. I order groceries online and these are all things that I use that I have to stop guilting myself into utilizing because I was like, well, I'm the one that's supposed to do the laundry. I'm the one supposed to cook dinner every day. No, you're not. Take that badge off. You do not have to do everything because the reality is you cannot do everything. Even as super supportive as my husband is, he's very present in our home. I still can't do it all. The two of us together still can't do it all because we have two businesses that we're running. So when he's not at his nine to five, he's doing things for the business. So we have help. And if you need help, give yourself the freedom to get help. I'm going to pause and put a pin in our conversation right here and I'm going to circle back again I just want you to do a time audit make an account of your time figure out where you're using your time are you watching too much tv but you're launching your business probably can use time somewhere else you know do you need more time carved out in your schedule because You want to spend more time with your kids, of course. I'm sure that's probably even one of the reasons that you started your business or you're considering starting your business to have more flexibility with your family. So figure out how much time that is that you want to carve out every week for your family and then frame your business around your life, not the other way around. So that's my encouragement. Head over to the website, thebusymompreneur.com, download your time audit worksheet, and then meet me back here for the next episode. Before we close out, though, I really do want to thank you for tuning in. I'm going to say a quick word of prayer, and then we're out of here. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the woman that is under the sound of my voice. I just ask, Lord, that you pour into her, Father. I ask that you help her to manage her time, show her where the gaps are in her schedule, Lord, that she can be more productive, oh God. Show her how to manage the things that you have given her on her plate. Show her how to alleviate things that are on her plate that should not be there. I just ask as she's going through this time audit this week, Father, that you um, help her to realize those things, um, areas where she can get help without feeling guilty, areas where she sees that she needs extra help and can, you know, outsource things or, you know, hire her own assistant. Father, I I thank you for those resources that you are pouring into her life. And I thank you for the vision and the gift that you have given her of being a business owner and an entrepreneur and a mother. I just ask that you bless her and you cover her, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, sis, I'm out of here. Be you, be blessed, and be a blessing.